0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sika on FM ninety four point one, The Voice. Hey, I want to jump into this. Um, what a crazy time for us to be celebrating uh, the Risen Savior! In, in what crazy way for us to be able to do this, huh? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say this wrong. I'm a, I'm a weird guy, but in a way, while I was getting ready for this uh, for this weekend, in a way, I was a little glad that uh, we have to go through all that we have to go through in this season. Um, this is why. If this is what it takes for God to be able to get us to see Him for who He truly is, this is worth it. Because typically when we go through uh, Resurrection Sunday and Good Friday and Palm Sunday and stuff like that, oftentimes we can get so caught up in the program, we can get so caught up in what I call churchianity, and forget and overlook or, or undermine the real message and the real truth of what it is that we're celebrating. Do you know what I'm saying? Because um, oftentimes we get so surrounded with the fluff that we miss the stuff. And I believe that in this season, um, God is really removing all the distractions and getting us to focus on what is important. I'm calling the message for, um, for, for, this, for this morning, there is an empty tomb. You see, you and I have a reason to rejoice because there is an empty tomb. No matter what circumstance you're going through, there is an empty tomb. Would you please say it with me? There is an empty tomb. No matter what you're facing in life right now, there is an empty tomb that will change, that should change uh, our perspective, that should change our joy, that should change the way we, we look at life because there is a what? An empty tomb. You know, it's it's very easy for us as Christians um, to, to go through this week and I really would hate for it to happen in the living church. I would hate for it, whoever you are, wherever you're watching this, I would hate for you to go Go through this morning or go through this message whenever you're listening to it and go back to your same old way of life. Jesus did not come into this world, live a holy life and die and beat death and sin for us to go back to the same old way of life. There's got to be a change because there's an empty tomb. And I really hope that as we as we go through these, these next few minutes unpacking God's word um, that God will bring a change in your life. You know last year um, during our resurrection Sunday I really felt compelled to to talk to the skeptics. Uh, we looked at, at the resurrection uh, from, from a very skeptical point of view. And this year, as, as I've been getting ready for this week, um, I really want to talk to you um, who's a lukewarm Christian. You once were fired up, not anymore. And especially in the season of quarantine, of, of staying in a lockdown, uh, you, your, your sharpness for God has gone dull. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, you, you once were, were so fired up for Jesus because you had good community. You were surrounded with godly people. And you're trying so hard to be that, but, but you're, you're, you've gotten a little dull. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to those of you that are discouraged. I want to talk to those of you that feel like uh, giving up. Or maybe you have already given up. And you're even here just watching this because this is your last ditch effort to see if there's something that will revive within you. Uh, you, you could have been a Christian for most of your life and you probably are too ashamed to even admit that you're a lukewarm Christian or a discouraged Christian right now. And, and I want to talk to you. And I want to talk to you not from a place of I know this. I want to talk to you from a place where I feel what you're going through. And, and, and God's been encouraging me with there is an empty tomb. Um, we're, as a church, going through the book of Ecclesiastes and I don't want to um, waver from that And I want to try and attempt to do something that I don't think any other preacher has done before. I want to preach... Uh, a Resurrection Sunday message from the book of Ecclesiastes. I know. Pray for me, okay? Because I think Solomon, in all his wisdom, in all his wealth, and in all his achievement, he sits on a pile or heap of his achievements, but he lacks hope. He has questions about life that you and I can easily ask in this life if we're honest. And I want to, he asked many questions. I want to try and address three of his questions. And I want to answer them from the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. Solomon, he, um, in, in spite of all his success, he finds himself in, in these dead ends. He chases things and he finds himself in dead ends and he comes up with these crazy questions that everybody asks in life. Even the prophets of old ask these questions. And, and God loves it when we ask these questions so that he can give us a beautiful answer that will transform us. Turn your Bibles please to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And uh, verse 16. I hope you guys are excited for this message because I really am, and it's been it's been uh, answering a lot of questions in my own life, which is beautiful. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 says, "Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness, and in the place of righteousness, even there." Was wickedness in the place of justice? There's wickedness in the place of righteousness. There's wickedness. You know, we're living in a world where it's not really about what's right or wrong. It's about uh, who can afford the best lawyer, right? I mean, you can you can you read this in the news all the time, man. You know, this lawyer is able to crack this crazy case and make the guy who is guilty go free because he's able to twist and turn truth in crazy different ways. It's not really about who's right or wrong. It's it's who can who can speak the loudest, who can get the most crowd. I mean, look at our news channels. Right? I mean, this, this hashtag fake news is a, is a trending thing. Why is that? Because there's no more justice. In the place of justice, there's wickedness. We're living in a world inundated with wickedness. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? That the world is full of... And, and Solomon, in, in this verse in Ecclesiastes 3.16, he's making a statement. He says, Will there be justice in this world, or are we forced to live in a dog-eat-dog world? His question is... Will there ever be justice? And I want to answer this question from the empty tomb of Jesus Christ and say there will be justice because there's an empty tomb. I want to unpack this for you. You see, you and I will agree that we're living in a broken world. We're living in a world where people take advantage of other people all the time. That's why we have the Better Business Bureau. We have Lemon Laws. Um, that's why you have those guys that don't you know, return your phone calls after you bought a car from them and it's nasty. doesn't run and you keep calling them and Sorry, this number has changed. This person doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, I got a terrible car, right? I remember getting ripped off a couple of weeks ago um, by a, a dealership that wanted to charge me fees that I shouldn't have to pay. And it, it frustrated me because this person was trying to use intimidation to rip me off. We're living in a world where it looks like there is no justice. Mark chapter 15, verse 5, we see this illustrated, and it's terrible. Mark chapter 15, verse 5 says, So Pilate wishing to satisfy the crowd okay wishing to do what? to satisfy the crowd not wishing to uphold justice not wishing to do the right thing not wishing to let the innocent man go free wishing to satisfy the crowd if that's not the world we're living in I don't know what it is wishing to satisfy the crowd released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus he delivered him to be crucified what nonsense is this? this is absolute injustice release Osama bin Laden and crucify Yeshua, the Messiah, the King of the universe. Release the terrorist and kill the innocent one. To do And all this for what? To satisfy the crowd. Do you agree with me that we're living in a world of injustice? Solomon is right when he says, Will there ever be justice or are we forced to live in this world of injustice? Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 2, You and I find ourselves over here. It says, And I thought the dead who are already dead more fortunate than the living who are still alive. You ever said, "I wish I was dead." You probably said this this last week, maybe you said it yesterday. Man, I wish I was dead. And he comes to you and says, "But better than both, better than the living and the dead, is the one who has not yet been, who's the guy who was never born, and who's not seen the evil deeds that are done under the sun." What a place of desperate, you know, depression when you see the injustice in the world. If only I was dead. Why was I even born? You know why we say things like that? Because of the injustice in the world. Because you feel powerless to make any changes in the world. Because you feel like the world is coming against you and there's no power in you to be able to stand up and to see justice happen. Man, seriously man, I really hope that your spirit right now is being honest within yourself. Because the more we fake it, you'll never have the true freedom that Jesus can bring. How many times have you been taken advantage of and there's no justice? And I'm saying injustice in life is not only with the big ticket items of my friend was murdered, I was raped, my child was abducted. Those are terrible things that we need to find justice with. And it's terrifying when the accused goes away, you know, with no punishment at all. It's terrible. But listen to this. God will not let sin go unpunished. In other words, God doesn't just overlook injustice. He punishes injustice. God, he's a just God. And maybe you've heard this a million times before, but I want this to hit you in a very real way. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 17, Solomon recognizes, he says, I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. We're living in a world where we don't like the word judgment and judge, and yet we want judgment. You will hate the world if it doesn't have any judgment. I'll give you an example starting to think i'm on the fly over here so forgive me if it's bad the guy that cuts you off okay and he's speeding and he cuts you off you wish that there was a cop around true or false you wish if only there was a cop pull that guy over not just get a ticket but what get arrested and get his car taken away from him right you want justice you want swift justice same thing if you ever gotten pulled over what do you want you don't want to be arrested and your car impounded no you want mercy Solomon recognizes that there's a time For God will judge the righteous and the wicked For there's a time for every matter Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 14 verse 12 So then each of us will give an account to him, Of himself to God He writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ That each one might receive his due For the things done in his body Whether good or bad Okay. How is the empty tomb good news Knowing that God judges everyone You see It's not good news if we only know that God judges people. But this is where it gets good news. God has already judged all of us on Jesus. The end of the movie for your life actually is the cross. The end of the movie is not when you breathe your last. You see, last week we spoke about the two bookends of life, the birth and death. Life is much more than that. Your judgment was already poured out on Jesus. You, Your injustice, your you know, lying, your thieving, your adultery was poured on Jesus. And then the beauty is, not only is your judgment poured on him, but he's laid in the grave, and then he bursts that grave open with life. And folks, that becomes the place where we receive mercy. In John chapter 20, it says the women, in one of the accounts of of the women going to the, the, the tomb, it says that they see angels sitting in the head and at the foot. You know what's the picture of? if you read Exodus chapter 25 it's a picture of the mercy seat and the mercy seat in Exodus 25 says there is where Yahweh the eternal God will meet with his people on the mercy seat and now the tomb, the empty tomb becomes the mercy seat for you and me. Why is that? It's because God is a just God and justice was shown on that cross. Will there, be, will there ever be justice? Yes, there will be. And there was on that cross. And you see, the, 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 the joy for you and me is this. Those of us, when we stand before God, like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, everyone will have to stand before the judgment of God. You now can stand under the justice of Jesus, under, under His righteousness. And there are some that are going to try and stand and represent themselves. It's going to be bad. Because you, your life is not righteous. Your life is not holy. Only Jesus' life is righteous and holy. And that's why we have a reason to celebrate. Because there's an empty tomb. Not only, was he, not only did He justify us. He also gave us access to the throne room of mercy of God. Where we can meet with Him. And I'm telling you, if you've never been to the empty tomb. I'm not talking about go to Jerusalem. But if you've never spiritually been to the empty tomb of being like, Wow, there is mercy for me you never really have understood what it means to rejoice in the risen Savior. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It's not going to be up on the screen, but let me read this for you. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood. That's a beautiful word, propitiation for His blood. You know, that's the Greek translation of mercy seat. It talks about atonement. It talks about God put forward as a propitiation, as a mercy seat, what Jesus' blood. and how do and what do we do? We receive that by faith, which today, in the end of our service, we're going to have communion. And we're going to receive the mercy from God. We're going to respond to the judgment of God that was poured out on Jesus and saying, God, I deserve to be judged, but you took my judgment. Thank you. I don't deserve it, but thank you. I have a reason to celebrate today no matter what I go through because my judgment has been lifted. You need to come out of your grave because there is an empty tomb. Jesus died, rose again. We don't have to pay for our sins anymore. Jesus has paid for it. And I know some of you, you can hold a grudge and be like, how can a sinner go away scot-free? Let me take you back to the cross where Jesus is hanging and the last friend he makes on the earth is who? A thief on the cross. A thief that's not only repenting from his works, but is caught in his works and he's punished for his works. And even on that cross, he says, remember me in your kingdom. And what does Jesus say? The king of the universe befriends a low life thief. And just today you will be, be with me in paradise. And this is something that I put out this last week in our daily encouragement. He doesn't die as a thief he dies as a saint that's all the time we have for today but we would like to hear from you our address is p.o box 2014 eagle idaho 83616 you can also listen to this message and more on the living church boise app available in your app store